1: And today we're going to cover a lot of different real estate issues in different parts of housing, including the no housing part of uh, of this. Um, to help me with that, I have as our guest today Tommy Smith, a realtor with Realty Concepts. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, Don. All right, thank you for being on. It's not your first time, and as we go into the show. We're going to talk about how you and I stumbled into the most incredible show that I think has ever been on Welcome Home Radio. I, I mean, until today's show. This <laughs> this will take over. And that's because of our other guest, Zach Dara, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Pavarello House. So,
2: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me this morning.
1: Yeah. Thanks for coming down. And, and I've got a lot of good questions about the Pavarello House and what you guys do and how you're helping our our community so i i i hear from a family member of yours that you'll have no problem uh with telling us the whole story
2: not at all not at all <laughs> we do it every day and and it's my favorite topic to talk about
1: all right how how long have you done this i've
2: been at pavarella house now for just about two years since november of 2019
1: all right and um thank you for what you do because uh y- you guys take uh a tough issue, and and try to make the the best of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, and what brings these two guests together today is um, we're going to start off with kind of a I'll call it a renewed real estate issue, and that is squatters, squatters entering into homes. Uh, thankfully, they're entering into vacant homes, so don't be too afraid out there. It, it, you know about the home you're living in that doesn't seem to be the issue but Tommy what tell us what you're seeing out there yeah so I would say this has been uh, a pro- kind of a
0: consistent thing when we had the foreclosures and we had a ton of you know vacant homes in the valley and then recently I we've noticed I mean especially you on a couple deals where vacant homes squatters are moving in with furniture like it's their own house um so i i don't know if part of it is we're seeing in the market i feel like uh more vacant homes with especially with investors going back into covid times of um the the rental memorial you know moratorium and then having um I think a lot of investors have empty homes right now um, and flip homes or flipper homes that are vacant. So, you know, the consistency of these homes being broken into now with squatters is at a kind of a really all time high, I feel like, right now, and what's going on in the valley.
1: You bring out a good point about uh, the rental issue and the moratorium. Because if a investor needs to sell a home, I mean, I, I think the advice that most uh, agents would give is you're better off to deal with your tenant, you know, get the, the lease terminated, um, get them relocated, and then sell it empty. Be- yeah. Because if you go to sell a home today and it's occupied by a tenant and the biggest part of the market right now is owner-occupied buyers you got a disconnect there yeah um you know the the new lender is going to say well our people need to move in within 30 days correct and the tenant's going to say well we have a moratorium going on i'm not moving yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah so you kind of have to the owner has to deal with that up front correct get them out get the house vacant and then sell it and even in a fast-moving market where it sells within a week you you still have a 30 to 45 day escrow correct so and i think i should tell the story of out tommy and i have worked together for about 12 years and i first hired him on to help me out because uh well, he's what are you 6364? 63 six, six yeah. Yeah, all right. And I had a foreclosure account, so I was dealing with a lot of squatters, a lot of uh, people like that. So Tommy thought I was hiring him as the the the, the muscle. The muscle, the muscle part of the family, right? <laughs> no, I hired him cuz I could run faster than him. <laughs> <laughs> and we did um, You reminded me of a story the other night uh, of that house that we went to. Yeah. Tell us that one.
0: Yeah. It was,
1: you know, back then it was most of the
0: homes were, when they were vacant, they had no power on them. So we would walk into dark houses, empty, dark, crazy houses. And, I mean, we found drug paraphernalia we found you name it we it was there um and all of a sudden this guy came out of a room he had a broken broomstick with the knife tied to the end of it and was like chasing us out of that house and uh, we got out of there pretty quickly and and uh you know let the cops get involved and help us get him out but yeah it, it's that's the that that's the crazy part is just the dangerous side of it because a lot of times as realtors we're going in to these homes the vacant homes whether it's for inspections uh meeting an appraiser so we get bombarded or off you know cut off guard by these you know these the the squatters there in the house and you know they take it almost personal like it's their own house like we have our personal items in here now get out of my house when it's mm, it's not your house. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just a it's a it's an all around just a hard situation because um I mean how many times do we go into the vacant house? Mm-hmm. I mean numerous times and you know you're not thinking, you know, is there going to be a squatter here. And in our industry now we have so many newer agents that never felt that that before. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, how many, you know, female realtors have never experienced that before and, and now we're experiencing it. It's so you're, you're
1: telling them to be careful. Be very, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Always, an, you know, realtors should always announce themselves when they open that yeah. door and, and your client's going to look at you like, are you crazy? It's an empty house. And here you are saying, realtor, realtor here, anybody here? Yeah. But it's it is the wise thing to do. And by the way, that proves my... See, I don't remember the the knife and the stick. And that proves that I ran faster than you. (laughs) (laughs) You threw me down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just pushed you out of the way. That's all. (laughs) All right. So, um, and you know, back then, most of the vacant homes were owned by banks. Now they're owned by individuals. Yeah. Um, And... the the individual can be greatly hurt by uh, a squatter. You know, if they lose an escrow, that might be their life savings that they're losing. Yeah. What can realtors do to prevent this from happening? I think you got to be smart about it. Um,
0: I think we kind of have a checklist of things that we try to do. Don's great about this, where on vacant homes, I know you personally will go in and... Put, put locks on the windows um mm-hmm. extra security um extra security measures as much as possible um I know you taught me this I'll go to neighbors and say the house is empty if you see something going on in there uh here's my car please call me um, mm-hmm. or please call the cops right away um especially if they know the sellers and stuff like that and some you know individuals are not them so Just kind of being aware of, you know, that surroundings, but just try to take as much security measures as possible.
1: In the back of my car, I actually carry PVC pipe along with a cutter. And what I'll do is when I have a vacant listing, I'll I'll cut the PVC pipe to fit into the the tray of the window. So now they can't just jimmy it open. They actually have to break it. So if the police arrive and they there's the broken window that's different than um not a forced entry um so so that is important and and yeah letting the neighbors know and such um and keep the yard clean yeah yeah don't make it look like it's a forgotten home yeah and i think i think for both
0: of us as realtors we go make it almost like a priority to stop. And maybe this is because of back in the foreclosure day, the banks requested that we would go buy the vacant homes once a week to do it's like a checklist. And I feel like I still do that now with vacant homes where, um, you know, yeah, my sellers may live in town or my sellers like, don't live in town, but I still will make it an opportunity to go and, and just make sure the house is okay once a week mm-hmm. type deal. And show that there's a presence there. Yeah, to, to, to people activity.
1: Activity, yeah. And keep lights on yeah, yeah. Um, the police have said that lights are your best friend yeah so all right and there's alternatives to squatting in homes and that's where I want to ask Zach Dara what what give us a, uh, one alternative to uh, squatting in a home
2: Sure. So, I mean, these individuals are obviously folks that are on the streets and they're trying to find a way out of the elements or in a private environment uh, for whatever varying reasons. And we have a large network of service providers for those experiencing homelessness in the community, one of which, of course, is Pavarello House. And so the reality is for, for a lot of folks, services do exist in the community. At Pavarello House, for example, we operate two emergency shelters. We have about 200 people every night uh, who are sleeping on our campus at Pavarella House. Mm -hmm. Now, the challenges are, of course, for somebody who is, you know, trespassing onto private property is for whatever varying reasons, maybe they haven't been connected to the resources that are available, or maybe they don't know about those resources or whatever the reasons may be. I Mm -hmm. think it's changes from person to person but there are alternatives for folks uh, in our community to get off the street and get a roof over their head and emergency shelter
1: how easy is it to get get those services from the Pavarello house do they just show up and get in line or is there even a line so every day at Pavarello house we we operate 24 hours a day uh, seven
2: days a week 365 a year so we have what are called access sites where anybody at any time of day, you know, morning, noon, or night, can come and say, hey, I'm looking for shelter. Now, most of the time, we're able to get those people shelter that night. Now, we also have a struggle in our community that there are only so many shelter beds that are available, right? And so even with the hotels that maybe you've seen in the media, you know, we have hundreds of new emergency shelter beds. We have shelter beds at Pavarello House. There's shelter beds at the Fresno Rescue Mission. Uh, there are shelter beds available, but typically, if somebody is seeking shelter, we're able to find a bed for them for that night or for multiple nights into the future.
1: Okay, so they may not necessarily just be on your campus. Correct. You, you, and you'll transport them to where?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. We provide transportation. We also have a street outreach team that's doing outreach seven days a week. We actually have 16 full-time staff members doing street outreach every single day. And these are folks who are engaging those experiencing homelessness on the
1: streets. So you have, you have people out on the streets bringing people in. Yes, sir. So there's yes, sir. an outreach program. Okay. Absolutely. I didn't know that. I Absolutely. Mean, you guys are proactive. Yes. Helping the community. Very much so. Yes, sir. All right. Um, I'm going to have a whole lot more questions for you on, on the Poverello House and other services after we get back from our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. You don't owe me a thing been there too and someone wants help me out just the way I'm helping you welcome back welcome home radio this is Don Scordino your host and here in the studio with us today we have Zach Dara the CEO of the the Pavarello house and Tommy Smith realtor with Realty Concepts so our lead-in music was the chain of love and helping out one another. And don't let don't let the good favor stop with you. When you receive one, pass it on down the line. So um, tell us, what are the missions and the goals of the Pavarello House?
2: So Pavarello House has been around almost 50 years in the community. So if if you've been in Fresno for a while or in, in the Central Valley, you probably know the story of Papa Mike McGarvin, who was working at the Fresno Bee and he would get off uh, in the middle of the, the night and notice people out on G Street, uh, you know, their former property that's right over here. And uh, so he just started giving out sandwiches out of the back of his car and saying, I'm going to do something just to help out. And that's what I want to do. But the thing for Papa Mike was that he really wanted to get to know people. And so it was, it was about the sandwich, but it was about the relationship and out of one man who gave sandwiches out of the back of his car, Pavrell House now has been operating for nearly 50 years. We have about 100 staff. We 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 operate an incredible food services program that provides uh, you know over a million meals a year. I mean, but the history and the background of Pavrell House begins with the relationship, love, dignity, giving value and worth to people that maybe some folks don't see in
1: that way. So it wasn't about the sandwich. It was about the relationship, the love, and the sharing.
2: Absolutely. Boy.
1: Absolutely. I, Papa Mike sure put out a good example to others. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, during the break, you said something, and I want you to repeat it for our listeners, yes. about announcing yourself.
2: Yes. So I was listening to Tommy's story about going into houses where there are squatters and making sure that realtors announce themselves when they come in. And it reminded me, I've gotten to go out on a number of occasions on uh, working in encampments and and working with folks out there and trying to get people off the street into shelter. And we announce ourselves. So even though someone may be living in a tent or a makeshift structure of some kind, when our team approaches any of those tents, even to the very You know, entry point of those, we announce ourselves. Pavarello House Outreach Team, Pavarello House, we're here. We just want to say hello. How are you doing? And for folks, uh, even on the street, now to you or I, a tent may not be the dwelling we would prefer. However, for these folks, this is their real estate, so to speak. Uh, It is their dwelling. These are their valued possessions. And out of respect, we announce ourselves. And Mm -hmm. typically that builds that rapport right away. We're not law enforcement. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. we're not here to kick you out or do anything like that. We're here, just like I mentioned with Papa Mike, we're here to build relationship with you and hopefully be part of that journey for you out of homelessness.
1: Well, and you said a key word there, respect. Yes. So, and, and everybody wants to be respected. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So our,
2: our mission statement begins with believing in the dignity of every person. Huh. And that's the value that drives the way that we do all of our work at Pavarello House
1: believing in the dignity of every person yes sir I
2: like that yes sir
1: That's good. um so what what are the services that you provide and is there also a exit strategy so that somebody doesn't live there at the poverello house for 10 years yes
2: absolutely 100%. i was afraid my
1: son was going to do that after he graduated from high school well you know <laughs> no, i i mean we, live with yes. me for 10 years
2: <laughs> right 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 <laughs> well i was going to say he's at poverell house how did that go I <laughs> you know but yeah. uh but no at poverell house we have a, a wide range of services of course we're mostly known for our food services which is at the core of our work we we provide over one million hot prepared meals in the community every single year. So we do three hot meals every single day of the year. Those meals are prepared not by somebody like me or you just cooking food in a kitchen. We have an executive chef uh, we have a chef de cuisine. These are people that have run restaurants that have that are trained uh, to to make food just like you or I would eat at a restaurant. And we pride ourselves in that. It's about that dignity piece. Part of that also is shelter. We operate two shelter programs: the Village of Hope and Naomi's House, which is a single women's shelter. It's the only single women shelter in Fresno County. And folks stay with us typically, as you mentioned, an exit strategy. Our goal is to get somebody out of our emergency shelter in 90 to 120 days. Uh, We do that through case management and what's called navigation, which is how we get someone out of a shelter bed into housing. Uh, Beyond that, we we operate a mental health program. We operate a drug rehabilitation program for men. Uh, We operate Uh, what we call, I guess you'd say, a drop-in center for anybody who needs help. Uh, We operate the outreach team that I mentioned. Uh, We have a diverse uh, menu of services. Rapid rehousing is a big one as well, and that's how we help somebody to get off the street to get into that permanent housing with some support uh, so that they can do that over up to one year. We can provide uh, rental support to somebody.
1: So when somebody needs to rent a home, they're going to need some cash because you typically need um, the first month's rent along with a deposit. Yes, sir. Uh, Are there services that help with that?
2: That's our rapid rehousing program, yes. And so we will provide that security deposit. We can also pay PG&E arrears. That may be a barrier to somebody getting into that rental situation. And the design of the program is we provide case management to them to hopefully help them with their own income so that we're not providing that subsidized rent any longer and they're able to take on that rent at some point in 6 to 12 months is typically mm-hmm. the design.
1: So in that time, 90 days that they're there, let's say do you make them work or
2: they don't so if they're in an emergency shelter they don't work per se. Now in each of the shelters there are I guess you'd say chores, but they're not a requirement to stay with us. Mm -hmm. Some of the folks like to do that. They like to invest in the, hey, I want to clean the bathrooms. Hey, I want to sweep the front yard or, hey, I want to do this or that. And we certainly allow them to do that and encourage them to do so. Mm -hmm. But they do have a requirement of meeting with their case manager at least once per week and making progress in what we call their support services plan or their housing plan. So they have to show progress that they are moving towards leaving Pavarello House at some point into housing. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is not going to pursue that plan, Pavarello House may not be the fit for them
1: in their journey. If you're not the fit, what other places are?
2: We have other agencies in town where they can go, uh, whether it's uh, Turning Point or... West Care program, which mostly does drug rehabilitation, the Fresno Rescue Missions program as well. There are other options for folks that might fit that fit their journey in a better way. Uh, but at the end of the day, our goal is to get every person housed who comes through our shelter in ninety to one hundred and twenty days. They're not where we don't warehouse people. We don't believe in that philosophy because we want to see people move on into the next steps in, in their life.
1: I heard. Uh, somebody at the Housing Authority who ran the Section 8 program said that their motto was in up and out. That's great
2: yeah it's great and I think we see that too in our drug rehab program now uh, these guys can stay with us six months in the first phase on our campus they actually live in a facility on our campus and those folks focus on work it's a work therapy program mm-hmm. but they're in their goal towards sobriety right but I would say right now, because of how the labor market is in our community, we're we're pretty much connecting folks with jobs at a 100% rate. Hmm. So, so a guy graduates the program, he's been clean and sober for six months, 12 months, he's getting a job. And usually the same day he graduates from the program. Excellent. Yes.
1: So, I mean, this sounds like a great program. Uh, A comfortable more comfortable place to sleep than breaking into somebody's home uh, and squatting or or being on the side of the highway why don't more people do that why are there still people out in tents on the highway encampments
2: there's a lot of barriers I mean first and foremost we don't have enough shelter beds for every person that's out on the street in our community we we estimate I mean depending on the night I mean there's 1,500 to 2,000 folks that are staying out Unsheltered every night. Now that now those are folks that aren't getting one of those many new shelter beds that have come online on the hotels out on you know on Parkway Drive and others or at the Fresno Rescue Mission or at Pavarello House. But beyond that, the reality is there's challenges with mental illness, there's challenges with drug addiction, there are many other challenges beyond those as to maybe why someone would not. However, I never want to uh, advance a myth that folks want to be homeless. I, I have, I've heard that many, many times. And I'll say this, when I first came to Pavarello House, I kind of secretly thought maybe that is true. But as I got to know people's names and got to know folks in encampments and spent time with people, people don't choose to experience homelessness. Now, there may be barriers and challenges for them to get out of that homelessness, whether it's drugs, mental illness, or other. There's many other as well. But that is not where they want to live their life.
1: I'm going to agree with you that that's that's a myth because people, kids grow up with the American dream of home ownership. They don't dream of being homeless. Uh, No, no, sir. Yeah. So, okay, how do... All the good-hearted people out there, which, by the way, are our listeners. Yes, sir. How do, they, how do we help out? Because um, how do we help the Pavarello House? Well, first and
2: foremost, your time is very important at Pavarello House. The organization is designed to function with volunteers. We have about 10,000 volunteers a year that come down to Pavarello House. The pandemic has reduced that number by about 50% that creates significant challenges because there were folks before who came every day and chopped carrots and celery for food services or folded clothes or was part of our emergency food bag sorting the food bags out for folks who come uh, for, for that need right
1: and building relationships
2: absolutely mm-hmm. and so we need people to come down and continue to volunteer to, to advance the work of Poverello house with serving those experiencing homelessness
1: how do you volunteer do you got to call in advance You can
2: call. You can call our number at 559-498-6988, or you can go online and you can register right online to volunteer and we'll get you connected. So volunteering, certainly.
1: Okay. You can also give a donation.
2: I'm always going to ask people for a donation. A financial donation is always needed. And then we accept donations seven days a week, such as clothes and other important household items. Uh, right on our campus you can drive up we have a drive-through lane that's just like a drive-through at a restaurant our staff will come out they'll empty your car for you you don't even really have to come on campus and uh, you can leave clothing or whatever it might be that's Mm -hmm. also helpful
1: and to bust that myth that people want to be homeless um, Tommy Smith is going to tell us a story about how someone went from homelessness to home ownership was actually on our radio show several years ago and just that that was the most incredible experience that the show yeah. but, and to hear that guy talk about his journey so tell us about that
0: yeah so Michael Wright Michael was a veteran who was referred to me and getting to you know as Realtors we kind of open up to find out about people and you know the relationships and building relationships, and so come to find out, Michael was a veteran who uh, was homeless and he had drug issues and just personal demons. But deep down, to blow your that myth away, was he never wanted to be homeless, and you know that wasn't his desire to be homeless. He had kids and he wanted to have. Uh, a place for his kids to come and see him and he didn't have any of that and Michael um, through hard work going through programs here in the valley um, changed his life and he said he had a moment where he was in a, a vacant bur- like a warehouse and he was like I think it was Christmas Eve if I'm not mistaken and he was like I, I'm he was going to commit suicide he's like I'm this is it he got on his knees, prayed, and dropped the knife and said, I'm, I'm done being like this. And the next day he got help and or reached out for help. So um, he worked his butt off and ended up becoming a homeowner. And that still to that day of he's – I see him on Facebook all the time. He's in front of his house. He's doing stuff at his house. He's watching Raider games on at his house. Um the, the the best moment for Michael and me was how proud his mom was of him when he got his keys. And then he called me on th- the first Thanksgiving. He was in his house. He called me on Thanksgiving. He said, I'm having Thanksgiving in my house with my my kids here and my mom's here. And that still like it just gets to me every time just because of uh, of knowing his past and what he did to work to become a homeowner from being homelessness. And it was, it's, I mean, Don, I mean, we, we, Michael's such a legend to me where, I mean, we had him come to our office and do a meeting about just him coming and talking to people because I feel like you have this stigmatism in our society that, Oh, you see homeless person. They're probably, um, that's what they're choosing to be or they, that's, they're choosing to have that lifestyle. But deep down, that's not really the case. Like we talked about and you talked about, it's, it's not really what they, that's not what their desire is. So it's, you know, making those relationships is so important to realize what people really want and how you can actually,
1: actually go out there and help them. Yeah, that was an incredible story of going from homelessness and total despair to where he was ready to end it to being a proud homeowner, finding that American dream. So It's beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. And and these things are possible because of places like the Pavarello House and and others that – and just individuals that that don't break that chain of love.
2: And it's the help. I mean, the bottom line for most folks, like maybe us, if we got into a situation and we needed help – We have either family connections, social connections, networks of which we could find ways to get the help that we needed. For most people on the street, that's one of the challenges. Mm -hmm. Who do I go to to get this help? If you have a background in in drug addiction, you've burned many of those bridges along the way. Mm -hmm. If you have a background in severe mental illness, Many folks also have said, I just don't know what to do anymore or whatever it might be. Your network has, you know, predominantly become a network on the streets with other folks in a similar situation. And so for a lot of the people that we serve at Pavarello House and just like the gentleman you mentioned, they need that person who has that network, who has that pathway to say, oh, I know how I know exactly how we could get you some help Mm -hmm. and let's start that journey. And if you're willing to go on that journey, like, like this gentleman it was, we have stories just like that.
1: Many, many, many,
2: many, countless stories of people whose lives have been transformed.
1: Uh, all right. Thank you. That, that was an incredible segment. Uh, we do need to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940-KYNO. Trailers for 50 well, cents. Welcome back. To welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And we have Tommy Smith here in the studio with us, a realtor with Realty Concepts. And we are now going to talk about some real estate issues. We just had two great segments, along with Zach Dara of the Pavarello House, talking about homelessness, which is a very big part of our. Um, real estate market um, because homes is is what we're about Mm -hmm. and if someone's homeless that is that's an issue yeah and and so that was great but we have another issue that we're going to talk about now and our music kind of led into it trailers for sale or rent rooms to let at 50 cents 50 cents sounds too good to be true yeah so tell us about the, the another real estate issue that's out there today. Sure, so it's becoming a little bit more um,
0: prevalent as far as media wise catching on to this now. And, but the next kind of hurdle that we're seeing as realtors or danger is rental scams. So I've got a great story. I listed this house last week. And I had a buyer call me to to want to go look at it, and he called me back. He says, "Uh, you know, hey, sorry, the guy got back to me and said it's it's for rent now." I said, "It's not for rent. I'm you know I'm the listing broker on this, so I I know it's not for rent." And so he said, "Well, I got this email." I said, "Forward me this email." So this email comes back, and it's you know these people. Uh, the sellers act like they are going on some mission, and they want somebody to lovingly take, lovingly take care of their home that they've lived in. And yeah, there's a for sale rental, uh, real estate for sale sign on it, but just ignore it because we canceled it because the realtor priced it too high, and now we can't sell it, um, which is ironic in this market. So, yeah. um, and then it says, please feel free not to contact any realtor about this, which is kind of a red flag, you know, and it's like those emails you get of a, uh, a prince or a king that needs some money and yeah. or is going to give you a million dollars. So, you know, there's red flags on these emails, which, you know, I, I wish that it became more obvious to people, but you just don't know. But you know, it talked about the rental, it gave them how much is the house for rent, how much is the deposit, and then um, they try to take the deposit up front. Like, hey, if you want it, give us the deposits, um, but then they don't own the house. So on the email, it even had the description of the property. It even said, sincerely, owner's name. And so they're getting into it to where it even had the owner's name, so where... You know we have kind of public tax knowledge of ownership and so we know who owns the house and um, you know the fact that they look legit with the, the right owner on it name on it so it's just kind of a scary thing where people are doing this right now and it's somehow we got to get
1: out of that the public to not be affected by this so what are the red flags how do we how does yeah. the public detect A rental scam.
0: If it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. Um, So, in other words, really cheap
1: rent for the neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Or, hey, you know, there's no time where you should ever, ever, ever pay somebody a deposit up front
1: without even seeing the house. Or the person. Or the person, correct. Or getting. Or a property manager, maybe their agent. Yes.
0: Um, Secondly, if you have somebody that's a realtor friend, or get advice. reach out to them, or, or call, you know, if you don't have one, reach out to somebody and just say, what do you think? And again, on this letter, it was the red flag for me was when they said, don't contact anybody. Well, if you you know, if you're telling someone not to do something, it's mm-hmm. probably, you know, not legit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it used to be, there'd be a bogus name, but now since, uh, public rec it's public record who the owners are yeah. the scammers are able to get that name and insert that in Correct. there so if you see a sign uh, out in front that says for sale and yet someone's saying it's for rent red flag red flag yeah immediately um, I've even started putting signs inside yeah. the house that said, this home is for sale, not for rent. Correct,
0: and I think that may need to be a common practice amongst realtors, just to help the public out on that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so here's a story that came out on you know uh, local news was uh, these buyers bought a home that lived, that were from the Bay Area. And the, uh, they, had, they gave like two weeks of move-out time for the, the previous owner. The previous owner got out there, I think, a week sooner. But these people still weren't moving in. The new owners still weren't moving in for you know that next week. Someone moved in, got the deposit, and somehow got into the house, moved in. I mean, they moved in. And on the story that they talk about on the news was, you know, they, the new owner showed up to the house, and they're like, what are you doing here? Like we are the owners? And they showed them proof of the, the, you know, escrow paperwork and Mm. had to get the cops involved. And, but at this point, the people that rented think they rented a house for, you know, a house for them to have a roof over their head. And now the people who bought the house think that's their dream house Mm. that they purchased, but they weren't able to move in yet. And it's got to go to court to evict those people out of the house. So it just gives so much headache for for everybody. I mean, it, whether it's the, the owner of the house, whether it's the, the, the renter who's being, you know, being duped on this. Um, it just seems like it's uh, such a headache for everyone that it could be avoided easily.
1: Yeah. And here's another way to detect it. When you're renting a home long term, you know, more yeah whether it be on a month-to-month basis or a one-year lease, or you're buying a home, that's a major transaction. So to not see somebody and to have to wire money is kind of odd. Now, I'll give you this example, because I recently did an Airbnb where I rented a place, Airbnb. I didn't see anybody. It was all electronic. But that was only two nights yeah that we're so it wasn't long term the transaction wasn't that big um, yeah so there's a difference if you're going into a big transaction such as a rental a lease a purchase yeah you better see somebody correct yeah um, what what do you not do so so you get this this uh, email saying yeah um, send us the money I'm going to I'm going to age you right now. So Don and myself
0: when we had the foreclosures, we were detectives and Don always would say I'm Columbo. So <laughs> for your for your younger listeners, Google Columbo. For your older listeners, you you'll know what what, what we're talking about. So you got to be Columbo on this. So I reached out on a non-work email email and emailed this guy who had you know sent out this email and uh, there was a phone number on there and of course it's probably a burner phone just from the the voicemail and stuff like yeah. that but they did reach back out to me so I was getting information from them um, acting like I was a renter said what did I need to do they told me what to do and then finally I said that's my listing you need to you know kind of, it's radio for the family Backed so off. I can't yeah. say anything what I want to say but it was politely, if you if I see you doing this again, you know we're gonna we you're gonna get caught basically, but mm. and stop. But it's it just it, they're not gonna stop. That's the mm. bad thing. And and to, to to piggyback off of the you know th- there's no repercussions for these actions, um, if that makes sense. The, you know they're doing this, but but they're gonna keep doing it mm. until we kind of wise up on on what we're thinking about
1: yeah i i was recently in a meeting with the fresno police chief and I, we asked him what do we do about this stuff and he says you need to call your politicians in sacramento because the laws are such right now that it it just assists them yeah so with that we got to go to our next commercial break but stay tuned to welcome home radio thank you This is Don Scordino, your host, and with us is Tommy Smith, Realtor Extraordinaire with Realty Concepts. I, th- I know your kids are listening, so that's why I threw in the Realtor Extraordinaire part. Thank you. you know, you're welcome. So here's another, we, we've been talking about real estate issues that are happening here in 2021. Another one, as we get further and further into the year, and I'll term it buyer burnout. What, what are you seeing?
0: Yeah. Going into 18 years, you know, we, one of my mentors and maybe one of yours gave us that, uh, different markets offer different challenges and in this market with low inventory, um, the competitive way that agents have are starting to write offers is kind of unbelievable and but it's what our market is dictating right now and that's the way we're we're seeing offers come in um with the buyer burnout i had great clients being relocated here for uh, military and i think we probably rode up 32 offers
1: oh my gosh
0: that that's the most i've heard um a lot yeah and i remember maybe on offer <laughs> 22 i got a text message and they just said we're done we're done um they were writing good offers but i can't in some of the way that offers are being written right
1: now i in good faith i don't feel like it's the best practice such as waiving an appraisal contingency when they really don't have that ability. Correct.
0: Yeah. And that's a huge one or waiving any contingency right now is, uh, is you know, you're putting, you're risking your buyer's deposit. Um, and, you know, sometimes I got to take a step back and realize it's not my decision. I can advise them on how I would do it or what I think is the best practice. Um, but sometimes it's not my decision. And so, you know, I've got to, you know, learn to, I've learned now to, you know, figure out my, through talking through my clients, I would figure out what they can do safely do. Um, so yeah, buyer burnout, like I said, by, I think offer 22 ish, they called me and said, we're done. We're just going to rent for the time being. And, you know, once I talked to them a little bit more about it, they got back on track and, you know, we've closed escrow and now they happily in a a great house with their family and they're happy as can be. So um, part of their desire, part of their motivation was um, not only that that home ownership that we talked about, that dream of home ownership for their family, but also um, it's still a great time to buy. I mean, the interest rates are so low still and you know, if you can get through that hurdle of that buyer burnout, um, I think for myself, I think you've seen it. Um, You had a great analogy where, you know, the market is changing. And, you know, four months ago on a listing, you may have gotten 17 offers. Today, you may have gotten 10 offers on a new listing. I know that sounds crazy, but it is true. And, Part of that I think is the buyer burnout. Buyers are so frustrated with giving up that the one you know, if you have seventeen offers, you've got sixteen people back on the sixteen buyers back on the market that are still challenging with whoever else is on the market. So, you know, you're you are working on, you know, that you're you're managing those emotions as a realtor mm-hmm. and that buyer burnout, juggling it
1: yeah so it kind of goes back to our intro music the eye of the tiger in other words stay focused yeah and and, and don't give up don't give up and the uh, here's a great reason not to give up as our world seems upside down it, and it's got to be upside down i mean when the major league leader in home runs is a pitcher uh, we haven't had that for over 100 years yeah you, you know something something's up. Having a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage where you know, no matter how the world turns out, in 10 years, this is your housing payment. Correct. In 20 years, this is what it is. If you stay as a renter, if you lose that focus, that eye of the tiger, then, um, you know, who knows where you're going to be. Sure. Tommy, I, I got a question for you. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? today's show um
0: one be safe uh you know on the vacant homes if you're listing it or if you as a realtor be safe as a homeowner you know be cautious and safe as well um as um you know we have the stigma of homelessness wanting to be um you know that homeless people want to be homeless that's not true um, you know, they, they have those dreams and those desires. And, and I lived it personally with my clients. Um, I know you've lived it with clients that, you know, have gone through the same stuff. So, um, just, I think be kind, you know, and, and make those relationships like they ta- we talked about with the Pavarrell house, make those, make those relationships with people. Don't be afraid to make those relationships. Mm-hmm. You never know who needs help.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And, um, I hope everybody remembers the Pavarello house. I have a little special attachment to anything called Pavarello, since that's what my mother used to call me. <laughs> um, so I, that when I was very young, yeah. of course. Um, all right. 30 seconds or less. Give us your best real estate advice. Best real estate advice.
0: Use take advantage of our market as far as the interest rates. It is a buyer's market, even with the low inventory, and uh, you will, like you said, have that
1: stability of your mortgage and you know your mortgage payment for the next three years. Key word there, stability. Yeah. yeah, you're buying into stability, so don't lose focus. Go get that stability. All right. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be back again next week. Thank you.